Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And I am so excited about this episode today. We're continuing in our series uh, called Naked and Healthy, which is based on our new book that is out this week, releasing this week. It's finally here. It's It's finally here. It's birthday. And the book, it's called Naked and Healthy. And you can get your copy at nakedandhealthy.com. That's right. You can um, also, if you want the audio book, if you like listening to us, you want to hear hear us narrate Naked and Healthy, which was a lot of fun. Um, you can get that on Amazon, on Audible. Yes. And we we really appreciated the opportunity to be able to record that together. And we're really excited about the message of this book. And I think it it has a, a real opportunity to make an immediate impact in all aspects of health in your marriage, the the health of your marriage itself, and then also your individual health, yes. mentally, physically, and spiritually. And so we've got a great topic for you today that's kind of right in line with the whole naked and healthy message, and let's dive in. Well, I'm excited about this topic today because I feel like this might be one of the most important aspects of becoming a healthier person and a healthier couple, and that is our spiritual life, how to have, you know, how do we invest in our spiritual health on a daily basis? Yes, and I think we as human beings tend to way overcomplicate this. It's it's a big part of of our new book, Naked and Healthy. Uh, it's kind of broken up into mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and then marriage health is is woven all throughout it. But our spiritual health is is a cornerstone of what God wants for our life. But our world has taken that word spiritual and made it mean all these different mystical, strange things. So people think that being spiritual or having spiritual health means like sitting on top of a mountaintop in Tibet, doing yoga, you know, with with goats wandering around you and like, you know, <laughs> mumbling these, these ritual chants and that spiritual means something like that is not part of your everyday life where God wants the spiritual to constantly intersect with the physical and with all, everything that we do. Jesus came to earth to live that out. I mean, he showed us, uh, he showed us that, that every part of life is spiritual. And so having daily habits that, that feed your soul in a healthy way is something that God designed for you. It's part of living the life that he has for you. First and foremost, it means believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, putting your hope and faith in him uh, because he's the only road to salvation. He's the one who is the way to heaven. And he came to this earth on a rescue mission for you. And, uh, and he came to 
to not just give you a religious system. He came to give you give you a relationship with God that's possible every moment of every day. It's not something that you you have to just go to a church to experience, even though going to church regularly, the Bible tells us, is an important part of ongoing spiritual health. But what Jesus wants for you is to give you a full and abundant life, the Bible says. And that means every part of your life is impacted by the spiritual health that he wants to bring to you. And so in this episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about just practical ways that you can invest in that individually and as a couple. Yes, and so, you know, one of the first ways to to invest in your spiritual health is to read the Bible. And it's as simple as that. But again, just like Dave was just saying, I think we complicate that. We do. I think, you know, we can say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I know some of the Bible, but I don't know if I need to read the Bible on a daily basis, but I'm gonna tell you, and there's seasons where I've done this right and I've really you know, dug in daily in the Bible. And there's other seasons where it's been like, you know, like a couple times a week. And and then sometimes like I'm so busy, you know? And so I can tell a distinct difference when I am daily in the word as opposed to when I'm not. Oh yeah. And, and I love it. And, you know, there's so many apps out there today that help make this very, very easy. And, uh, you know, one of the apps that I use is the Bible app, the uh, version. There's also Bible Gateway app. Um, there's something called First Five, where you take the first five minutes of your day and read the word. It's it's done by Proverbs 31 and Lisa Turkers and her team. It's awesome. And so, you know, we we very easily as human beings, we want to make excuses, but we live in a day and age where like really there's there's really no excuses. I mean, it, it, not to make anybody feel guilty because I've been totally guilty yeah. of, of not making it a priority, but we have so many resources right at our fingertips. And so, you know, one thing I've been doing lately is on the version Bible app, I, I go and I just pick out, you know, different little uh, Bible studies. Like recently, I did a Beth Moore Bible study of her most recent book. I think it's called Chasing Vines. And it took me probably 10 minutes to go through and read a little bit from her book. And then she includes these extensive verses. And I just kind of meditated on those. And what does it mean to meditate? It means you really think on it. And then I would say, you know, a prayer. And this would be towards the beginning of my day. I mean, not not always right after I wake up, but usually after we got the kids on the bus and I would take that moment and, and it makes all the difference. You know, I before that I did a different Bible study. There's all kinds you can choose from. They're topical. Um, you know, you can take the books that we offer here at XO Marriage and you can go through some of those daily and the Bible verses that we include in our resources. There's so many. If you wanna check that out at xomarriage.com, I mean, just a long, long list of resources. But the bottom line of what I'm saying here is we have to make it a priority. We wanna get in the word. We wanna meditate on it and, and then and then say a prayer. And when you start your day with prayer and with reading the Bible, it's amazing how, you know, it, it just does good for your heart and your soul, and it helps keep your mind on on God and all the things he has for you. Yeah, it, it really, really does. And it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. Like you, yeah. you carve out 10 or 15 minutes at the start of your day to just have that quiet time, uh, just have a few moments of just silence to to reflect on God's goodness, to to pray to him, which is just simply talking to your father, saying, Lord, thank you for everything in my life and asking him to help you with the things that are on your mind and your heart and, you know, confessing to him things that you're struggling with. He knows all this already, but he wants to hear from you. And, and it does your heart good to to do that. And then opening up God's word and maybe reading the Bible is, is an intimidating. But like Ashley talked about, there are apps and plans that can help you get started. That that version app has a lot of free devotionals that, you know, you could read in a couple minutes a day 
that really help help explain scripture. It's a great way to start. Um, you might build up to doing something like the one-year Bible, where you read through the whole Bible in a year, and every day the, the reading plan is kind of marked out for you. Maybe, you know, you're listening to a podcast, so maybe you're more of an audio person. Mm-hmm. So much of the Bible through the years was handed down uh, by, you know, teaching it, reading it out loud, and people would get it, get it that way. There were, there were many years where the majority of believers weren't even literate. They were getting the Bible by being read to. Well, whether you can read or not, some of us just approach, uh, yeah. you know, we, we just do better with audio. There, there's audio Bibles you can read for free. There's, uh, there's, you know, podcasts that do nothing but just read scripture every day that you can tune into for that. So, there are all kinds of ways to get God's word in your heart. And the more of God's word that you put inside your mind, inside your heart, the Bible tells us that it's gonna it's gonna be a source of spiritual food and spiritual health. You know, Romans 12, two says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will for you is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And what that verse means is when we allow our minds to be renewed, which is what God's word does, it chases out kind of all of the all the negativity and anxiety and worry that this world is so good at putting into our minds and it replaces it and it renews our minds with, with thinking and seeing ourselves in the world around us the way God wants us to, which is right. a huge aspect of spiritual health. And so is, is spiritual health isn't just putting in the right things in, but also it's about keeping the wrong things out. And I know I've got to be mindful of this because if if I just feed on on trash TV for very long or get pulled into to shows that are binge worthy, but then at the same time are just kind of celebrating and depicting lifestyles that are, that are very contrary to what God has for us, or if I'm watching even the news for too much and there's all the negativity of the news, I find myself just feeling weighed down by all that. And I think that we've got to be so mindful of what we're consuming because. Oh, yes. Because yes. what we're putting into our brains, what we're putting into our, our eyes and ears, it has a real impact on our, the health of our soul. And so more of God's word, more good things, you know, like the podcast you're listening to now, because, you know, we base this on God's word, you're doing something right now to put something healthy in your mind yes. that's going to help your marriage and your, and your soul at the same time. And so throughout the day, throughout the week, just be mindful of what am I consuming? What, where am I allowing my thoughts to be led? And, uh, and, Maybe, maybe some new habits will form just by monitoring and adjusting yep. and, and turning back to things that are more healthy. Absolutely. And I think too, another thing that really helps me, and I know Dave loves this too, and we actually started our day today with this, but is putting on worship music. Putting on worship music to start your day. It just, it just like fills up your soul and I love it. And I don't always do it every day, but on the days that I do, and whether it's like at your home or in your car, it's just, it's awesome. And it gets you really focused on God. You know, maybe it's not necessarily on your phone, turn on a Christian radio station. And, you know, a lot of times too, they'll pray with you on there. And it's it's just, it's awesome. It's an awesome way to really focus your mind on worship. And maybe even if you're by yourself or with your spouse or whatever, I mean, you can sing along. There's just something that worship does to just, have us enter into, you know, just a holy place. It, it's amazing what it does for our mind and heart and it connects us with the Lord and other believers. And and so I, I love it when we put on worship music. You know, a lot of times when we're on trips, we'll do it and I will, we'll have our kids with us too. And I'll be singing at the top of my lungs. And Dave says he likes it. I mean, what, I, love I don't it. know if he does, I love but he indulges sing. me. But my kids, they're like, mom, you're getting a little loud there, but it just, I love it. Like it's such a, it's just such a way for me personally. I know for some, it resonates more than others, but 
worship music, it really, really uplifts my spirit and it really helps me feel connected to God. And I love hearing you sing it because I, I know that you're happy when you're singing. Yeah. And, I, and I also just, I love seeing you worship. And it's it's so easy to, to get this kind of music. I mean, you can just say, hey, Alexa, play Christian yeah. music. Yeah. You know, hey, Siri, play worship music. There are stations on, you know, Amazon Music on every, you know, radio app and every streaming app where you can you can find Christian and worship music. And yeah. it's really, really good. I mean, maybe 30 years ago, the options were limited and it yeah. was kind of cheesy what was out there, but it is so good. The way that it's produced, the, the just the level of, of, of excellence that goes into producing um, today's Christian and worship music, it's, it's, it's so good. And you might think, well, I listen to this other music, but I don't really pay attention to the words, you know, and, and so I like the sound of it. But those words, whatever you listen to a lot becomes the soundtrack of your life. Yeah. Those words are permeating into your mind and you're memorizing those lyrics and humming them to yourself. And so be, if, if you're- Just be mindful. Be mindful, yeah. you know? And I mean, I like plenty of secular music too. I'm not trying to, you know, shake my oh, finger yeah. at you like a crotchety old- church curmudgeon that says, oh, that's <laughs> all the devil's music, you know, because there's some good stuff there's out really there, good stuff really out good there. stuff out there. We but like a wide, wide I, variety. We have a wide, music. but you have to be careful because a lot of yeah. the stuff that, that shoots up the charts in our secular world is stuff that just glorifies the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves singing the worship music of the world. That's just singing along, worshiping, um, you know, sexual immorality and worshiping a lot of things that, that are not of God that yeah. aren't going to help our spiritual health at all. And so again, just be, just be mindful. Yes. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier and junk is sometimes more convenient and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. Inflation is out of control, and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily, and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's 
rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. You know, one of my favorite uh, daily spiritual practices that Dave and I embrace as a couple, because, you know, we've talked a lot about individual uh, daily spiritual practices, but as a couple, we pray together every day. And I love that. And I know we've talked a lot about that on the podcast, but I want to camp out on this for just a minute because I do think that, you know, a lot of you listening, you're like, I totally am prayer all the way, but I just don't know if I could pray with my spouse because it feels weird or, you know, yeah. I don't know what to say. You know, I just feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. And I get that because prayer is a very vulnerable act. You know, when you're praying out loud with someone, it is a very vulnerable act. And, and it's, you know, it can be a little scary when you feel like, oh, I don't know the Bible as much as they do, or, or maybe I'm not good with words like they are. But honestly, when we're thinking those thoughts, it really, we're thinking the wrong things because prayer is really just talking to your dad. It's talking to the the one who created you, the one who loves you more than anyone else on this earth. And, and, you know, the one that brought you to your spouse. And so it's so important to make that a priority to not only pray on your own, but you take it to a next level when you and your spouse pray together. And again, don't overcomplicate it. Don't think it has to be a certain length or you have to use language you wouldn't actually say on a daily basis, like use normal language, but just start out with thanking God for all he's done for, for your spouse that you're praying with, for your family that he's given you, for the job he's given you, the life he's, he's given you, and then tell him your, you know, what you need. Ask him, say, Lord, help me in these different areas of my life. And then, you know, just again, you know, confess anything that is on your mind and heart that you know, maybe you've, you've any sin in your life or anything that you need to work on. And then end it again by thanking him. And I'm telling you, when you get out of that prayer with your spouse, you're gonna not only feel closer to God, but you're gonna feel closer to one another. And, and I always say this too, and you're probably gonna get tired of me saying this on the podcast, but if you and your spouse are in a really tough season where, you know, maybe nothing catastrophic has happened, but you're just feeling a little bit resentful, a little heaviness between the two of you, you're not talking as much anymore. I wanna challenge you this week to start praying together once a day. It could take you five minutes, but I wanna challenge you. And by the end of the week, I, I know that your hearts will be softer towards each other because that's what God does. Because when we pray with our spouse, we humble ourselves before the Lord, but we also humble ourselves towards our spouse. And God does something amazing. He may not change our circumstances right away. He might, sometimes he does. But what he usually does is he changes our hearts. He makes our hearts softer and he gives us a new perspective that is more focused on him and his will for our life. And so I really challenge you to do that because it's a game changer and it's a very simple, simple act, but a very powerful act. It is, it is so, it's so powerful and it, it, we don't have to overcomplicate it. I think most things in life that are healthy that we don't do, we don't do them because we overcomplicate them. We, yeah. we may oh, I have to have these magical spiritual words. It's like your heavenly father's with you all the time already. And, and he sees it all. He sees it all. He, you can be so us. real with him. Just, yeah. just be so real. But just by, by talking to him, uh, it, it it, it does something to open up our heart to all that he wants to give us and make us feel that connection to him even stronger. And, and, it, and it opens up us to be able to, to receive the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. and there's just so much good that comes from it. And so, so do it, do it, do it, do it more. And you'll be, you might be amazed at, at the positive that, that happens as a result. So, you know, one other aspect that we've mentioned already that's, I think, an important aspect of, of spiritual health is finding spiritual community. Oh, Yeah. And we all need that. You know, the Bible says, don't get out of the habit of meeting together. Uh, we, we need each other. We need community. And so God's plan for that is fulfilled through the church 
and you know, find a church that where you you're getting healthy Bible teaching and where you can serve. You can use your gifts to serve other people, which is another aspect of spiritual health. We put our gifts into action through serving others, and then have community. The Bible says like, as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. We need to be around people who sharpen us and we can sharpen them. We need to be around people who can provide encouragement and prayer and accountability. God's solution to almost every problem in life is fulfilled within community, within the community of the church when it's done right. And so find that if you don't have it. Find a small group within that church so you're not just a face in the crowd. Um, Find people you can serve alongside, people that you can do life with. And those kinds of friendships uh, that are are rooted in faith, and it's okay to have friends that aren't aren't Christians, but you need to have a core group of people who share your faith uh, that that can motivate and strengthen you in your faith and be praying for you as you're praying for them. Uh, we all need that. I mean, Jesus had that. You know, Jesus chose an inner circle of people he was doing life with. They were called his, his disciples, but all of us need need that circle of friends and, and community around us. And without it, we're on an island by ourselves. And because so many people live on that island, or even couples live on an island where you're surrounded by people, but nobody really knows you and you don't really know anybody. Yeah. And God wants more for us than that. He wants us to be rooted in community with people who love us and know us and we can do the same for them. And so find a church where you can experience that. And if you try a church and it, it isn't the right fit, don't give up. You know, it's keep, keep working until you can find a place where you really get rooted. You know, absolutely. And I know it can be awkward. And I know uh, there's been a podcast in the past where we talked about this, like where it's sometimes awkward when when you are trying to forge, you know, these new friendships and and you're tr- maybe trying to find mentors. You know, we talk a lot about marriage mentors, especially, you know, there can be marriage mentors and, and ideally that there'll be people who are also spiritual mentors in your life who can help draw you closer to the Lord as well. That's a very healthy practice to have and to also become a mentor. You know, what, what's ideal is when you have a mentor who's pouring into you and then you also are mentoring someone else and pouring into them. That that's kind of taking it, you know, into the next level. But I think it's just so important that we 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 do things that sometimes do get us out of our comfort zone. And I know for me, you know, maybe I think it was probably a year and a half ago, I I wanted to join a Bible study and I was gonna do this virtual Bible study. This is pre-pandemic, but I I was like, you know what? I'm not just gonna do this this online Bible study. I'm gonna invite people that I don't really know that well to come into our home and be part of this Bible study. And this Bible study did have a daily practice of doing like a short study every day. And then we'd come together once a week and talk about it. And let me tell you all, it was really awkward. And I I kind of made excuses at first. I was like, oh, they're too busy. They won't want to do it. You know, they they don't really know me that well. They're probably just going to be weirded out that I invited them. And Dave was like, you cannot say no for people. What's the worst thing that can happen? Maybe they all say they can't come. Oh, well, you know, those aren't your people. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can wish him, wish him well. And I was like, well, this is probably gonna really hurt my heart. And he's like, sweetie, you don't know if you don't try. And so I did, and almost everybody said yes. And it turned out to be this really sweet time, didn't it? I it mean, did, it yeah. was like- Great friendships It was such a neat um, six-week study. Um, 
It actually, the last week of it was the week that everything shut down. But I'm so thankful that I had that Bible study right before the whole world changed with the with COVID-19 because it, I felt like spiritually boosted, you know, going oh, into yeah. that. And uh, and it was just, it was so good. We were doing the Lisa Turker study called Trustworthy. I highly recommend it. Just about trusting God. I mean, how ironic that it's about trusting God. And I know it's not by accident that we were doing that. But then after everything shut down, I wanna just say this real quick. I know we're in unique times, and many of us, you know, are still kind of, our communities are shut down. There are so many ways to still connect with people. And one of the apps that I discovered during the pandemic is called Marco Polo. And what I love about it is that you basically, with people who have your phone number, so this is like your inner circle, you can send messages like video messages where it's like FaceTime, but it's recorded and you send them back and forth. And so it's kind of on your own time. And then you can respond with emojis and then respond in the time that that is convenient for you. But these girls in this Bible, study, several of them, I still Marco Polo with, and it, it has just been awesome. It's like I get so giddy just sending the little messages I was yesterday with one of my friends, Sarah, and I I just love it because I can see their face. I can see what's going on in their life, and they can share with me, and we can still stay connected and actually pray for each other, and it's been a really powerful tool to build that community uh, of your brothers and sisters in Christ, so I highly recommend it. Yeah, and the takeaway there is, is uh, as I heard a pastor once say, biblical community isn't found, it's forged. It's forged, And yes. I think people think, well, you're just gonna stumble into community one day, but you don't find it. It rarely happens. It, you, you, you have to forge it, you have to work. You know, Ashley made a group. She she put the work in to say, you know what, I, I haven't found a group, so I'm gonna make my own group. And I'm gonna invite these other ladies who were all just as hungry for community they as were, she was. They were, very hungry. But all of them had to step out of their comfort zone to do that. And it was so meaningful for all of them. So look for ways, not only to find that kind of community, but to forge it, to make it, even to be the one to say, I'm gonna open up my home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna host a, a six-week study or I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something to kind of create that kind of community. Well, um, now is the time in the podcast, and it's usually my favorite time in the podcast. It's where we get to answer one of your questions. So thank you guys for those who've been sending in questions at nakedmarriagepodcast.com or um, writing us on Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willis or on on Facebook, wherever you find us, we appreciate you writing to us. Uh, Today's question is an important one. It says this, my husband thinks I'm controlling him because I've informed him that I don't feel comfortable with him having one-on-one lunches with with the opposite sex and I've asked him to stop. He's been secretive about this relationship. How can I explain to him my reasoning for asking him to stop? Well, it's a great question. This is, is actually something we've talked about in the past with uh, with opposite, op- opposite sex friendships and relationships. So here's the deal. There's There are all kinds of red flags uh, in your husband's behavior. First and foremost, being secretive about anything in marriage is incredibly toxic. Being secretive about connecting with a person of the opposite sex is an all-out emergency. If we are ever hiding text messages, hiding meetings, hiding correspondences with someone because we don't want our spouse to know that we're having these correspondences, um, man, we are on the fast track to destruction. It might not be a full-fledged affair at this point, um, but it is so far out of bounds. And for him to be justifying it, or for anyone to be justifying that kind of secretive um, one-on-one correspondence with someone of the opposite sex is so destructive. So you don't you say I don't know how to explain my reasoning to ask him to stop. Just have him tune into this and let me say it, dude. You are being a fool. You are being reckless and selfish, and you've got to cut off this this relationship. Um, now I know some people are in work situations where it's it's a little more complicated because your your work 
involves having to have one-on-one meetings with the opposite sex. This isn't like a discretionary thing. This isn't a, you're going out of your way to have lunches and coffees with someone. It's like you're, you're having to meet with clients. Um, that's a, that's a different kind of scenario, but even still, I think that when we're around someone of the opposite sex in any kind of one-on-one setting, we have to be beyond reproach. We have to make sure there's multiple levels of accountability. We have to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position where we can't be tempted or talked about, where we're making sure that we're protecting the sacredness of our marriage and showing respect to our spouse and also showing respect to this person of the opposite sex, whether they're married or not, just so that no boundaries are crossed. Uh, and, And I think that this is one thing that really separates a healthy marriage from an unhealthy one. And a healthy marriage people are so mindful of these things and saying, I, I don't want to have any correspondence you don't know about. I don't want to meet with people um, of the opposite sex unless it's an absolute necessity for work. And even then I want to make sure that it's done in a way that is, um, a, you know, there's a lot of accountability there and visibility there. For anybody to be voluntarily investing in a one-on-one relationship of the opposite sex outside of marriage, and especially if there's any secretiveness oh, yeah. happening with that, Right. That is absolutely destructive and um, can unravel the entire marriage. So I would say, um, if he won't, if he won't stop this, then I would, I would insist on some kind of Christian marriage, marriage counseling where a third person, third party, can get involved and and help reason uh, with your husband because what he is doing is um, it goes against everything that the, we teach at the Naked Marriage, which yeah. is about honesty, transparency, intimacy, as God designed it. You know, absolutely. And I think, I, you know, she asked specifically, how can I explain to him my reasoning for asking him to stop? I would say, you know, listen, I'm asking you to stop not to control you, but because I love you and I love our marriage and I don't want this to ruin our marriage and our family. I, I want to fight for our marriage. And I see this as a huge red flag because, you know, you're wanting to be secretive about these conversations. And I feel like you're giving this lady a piece of your heart that really I want to have because I want to have your whole heart. And, and I'm saying this out of concern and love for you because this isn't you. This isn't the man that I married. And I think that you've been led astray here and I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt and, and, and hoping that nothing's happened so far, but I, I want you, I want all of you and not to control you, but to love you wholly. And um, holy being W-H-O-L-L-Y. And, and, and just being there for you in every way and just making sure that you don't, fall into something that I know you never probably set out to fall into. And so, you know, these these things do happen. It's not usually, you know, when these inappropriate relationships happen, it's not just one decision. It's it's a lot of little small decisions that lead to this. And so, oh, yeah. you know, it's you're at this point where he needs to turn away as fast as he possibly can and cut off all contact with this woman. And so I do hope that he tunes into this. We're saying this out of love too, because let me tell you, any of us can fall for this. Any of us can fall for this temptation. And that's why we have to be so vigilant. We're not saying this as as, as being judgmental. We're saying this because we have seen this happen to so many people that we know and love and, 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 and we see what happens when, when they do eventually fall into a full-fledged affair and, um, and just the wreckage that comes from that. And we wanna save ourselves from that. We wanna save you from that because we know that we're, we're all vulnerable to it if we're not being really intentional. So I really appreciate you as the wife for reaching out. And please know that we are praying for you all. And, and anybody else listening who's in this situation, make sure you're having those hard conversations and letting your spouse know, I'm not trying to control you, I love you. And I don't want anyone or anything to come between us and our marriage. 
Yeah, that, that is so true. And when I called him a fool, you might think, oh, well, that sounded judgmental. That's actually, it's, a, it's a biblical yeah. word. We can uh, all be fools. Primarily <laughs> in the book of Proverbs, um, I've actually got a new devotional called Think Like Jesus uh, out about the book of Proverbs. It's amazing. Well, thank you. And it's, Proverbs talks about the difference between a wise person and a fool. And your husband's actions right now are undoubtedly, biblically foolish in every sense of the word. And so to, to learn more about what wisdom looks like um, in and out of marriage and how to not be a fool, you can check out that Think Like Jesus devotional, which is available at exomarriage.com, along with our Naked and Healthy book, which has its own website at nakedandhealthy.com. Yes. Um, but thank you for this question. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Thanks for subscribing and leaving reviews and for all that you listeners do to really partner with us on this mission of spreading spreading an important message to strengthen faith and strengthen marriages all over the world. We love and appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.